Somebody needs to get up on your feet and you need to give the Lord a, a shout of praise. Somebody need to open your mouth and you need to shout hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody put your hands up in the air and I want you just to give out the, the loudest praise that you have all week. Hallelujah, you are worthy. You are worthy, God. Hallelujah. Come on, he is good. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, he is good. He is good. Now, I'm going to let you sit down in just a second, but if you would, get your Bibles and open them up to Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16, and we're going to get right into the word. God's been speaking to me about what I'm about to speak. It's a, it's a word, it's a declaration uh, into the atmosphere and over this house for weeks. He's been speaking to me on this. And so when Pastor Kevin came in on Sunday, now he and I hadn't spoken about what he was going to preach. And he said, turn to, to your Bible or turn in your Bibles to chapter uh, 16 of Acts. I got nervous. I was like, uh-oh, he's going to preach what's been in my spirit. And I was like, I'm going to. So uh, so I was getting nervous. But but I believe that, you know, when God speaks, he speaks to his people, and it's in layers. Amen? It's in layers. And so uh, we're going to go ahead and we're going to get right into the word, Acts chapter 16, starting in verse 6. Now, I'm going to read a lot of scripture, but scripture is good because the word is good. Amen? Starting in chapter 16, verse 6. Now, when they had gone through Phrygia in the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. After they had come to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. So passing by Mysia, they came to, down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. Now, go down to 16, verse 16. Now, it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us, who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out of her that very hour. But when her masters saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas, dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities, and they brought them to the magistrates and said, these men being Jews exceedingly trouble our city. Uh, they teach customs which are not lawful for us, being Romans to receive or observe. Then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded that they be beaten with rods. And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet to the stocks. But at midnight, but at midnight, but at midnight, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners was listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prisons were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open. I feel my help coming on me. And everyone's chains were loosed. 
and the keeper of the prison awakening from sleep, seeing the prison doors opening, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. The man was about to commit suicide. But Paul called with a loud voice saying, do not harm yourself for we are all here. Then he called for a light. Say he called for a light ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. I'm almost through. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them in the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and he immediately, he and his family were baptized. Think about that. They went, he went from suicide to hearing the word, getting saved, and being baptized all in the same night. Somebody. Hmm. Now when they had brought them into his house, he set food before them, and he rejoiced, having believed in God with his household. I'm almost through. When it was day, the magistrates sent officers, saying, let those men go. So the keeper of the prison reported these words to Paul. The magistrates have sent to let you go. Now, therefore, depart and go in peace. But Paul said to them, they have beaten us openly, uncondemned Romans. And they have thrown us into prison. And now they want to put us out in secret? No, indeed. Let them come and let us out. Essentially, let everybody see them. Let us out. Now, I just want you real quick. Isaiah 10, 27, it shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck, and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. Father, I pray right now for the power that makes preaching powerful. I pray in Jesus' mighty name that you would take a coal from your altar and place it upon my lips. I feel my help coming on me right now, and I thank you for it, Father. I pray right now that you would allow me to speak what needs to be spoken, Father. I pray that as the word come forth, that it would shift a region, God. I pray in Jesus' mighty name that you would have your way. And everybody said amen and amen. Amen. You may be seated. Tonight I want to come to you with a word, a word for this region, for those that are in this house. I'm telling you, thing, things are happening. Things are happening in Bradley County. I don't know if you can feel it, but things are happening in Bradley County. Things are happening in this region. There is a shift taking place in this region, and, and you are a part of the shift. Say, I'm a part of the shift. I am a part of the shift. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm a part of what's happening. I am a part of what's happening. I'm telling you right now, this is, this is a prophetic declaration over this region. There is a shift coming to this community. There is a shift coming to this region. Uh, there's a chain breaker in the room. I felt it when we were in worship, and I feel it right now. There's a chain breaker in the room, and if the chain breaker's in a room, in the room, then there's an assignment that he has for his people. How many are his people? Amen. Amen. What I feel happening in this region is about to turn this region on its ear. The Lord spoke to me yesterday in prayer. I was at noon prayer yesterday, and the Lord spoke to me and said, uh, like a hurricane, like a hurricane, the wind of God is about to blow through this region. 
like a hurricane, the wind of God is about to blow through this region. You see, this region has experienced the gusts, wind gusts. And how many know that it's one thing to experience a 100-mile-an-hour wind gust, but then it's a whole nother when you experience a 100-mile-an-hour sustained wind? We are about to experience the sustained wind of God. In this community, it is going to shake things and rock things. And the Lord told me three, four weeks ago to come and release this word because there is a chain breaker's anointing coming upon this house and this people. And you can scoff if you want to, but I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to those who know you're called, appointed, and anointed for such a season as this. It is this season that God is anointing his people to do great and mighty works in this community because he is tired of seeing people in chains. Tonight I want to release this word over this house because I believe we are stepping into a Kairos moment. You say, what's a kairos moment? Kairos moment. Kairos, what does that even mean? Well, you see there's chronos, which is the time that we use to measure quantitative time. It's, it's, that's where we get our English word chronometer, uh, chrom- chronometer. It's, it's how we measure time here on this side of things. But kairos time is the Greek word kairos, which means the appointed time in the purpose of God. And right now we are stepping into a season where chronos and kairos are colliding. We are stepping into an ordained moment for such a time as this. How many know timing is important with God? How many know timing is important with God? God may have something for you to do, but if it's not done in its appointed time, you may miss God. Think about that for a second. He may have it for you to do, but if you do it out of his timing, you may have missed the very thing that he had for you to do. We are stepping into a season where God is pouring out his anointing. We are stepping into a season where the horn of oil is being poured out upon his people. And with that comes a great responsibility. You know, everybody wants to shout over the anointing. Everybody, you start talking about the anointing and everybody, oh, pour it on me. I want the anointing. I'm here, I'm a vessel, pour it on me, God, I'm here. But then when you start talking about the responsibility that's behind the anointing, uh, nobody wants to talk about that side of things. But if God's going to do what I believe he's called us to do and to do what I believe he is doing in this hour through, I'm telling you what I see. I see a mighty move happening. And by the time, when I looked it up yesterday, when he said hurricane, you believe, I, didn't even, I didn't even notice June 1st starts hurricane season. And it goes through November 30. We are stepping into something. I got a text last night from Chad McDonald. How many know Chad McDonald? He preached in this room a few weeks ago. How many remember what he had preached? Uh, he got, I got a text last night from him when we were prophesying and praying about the wind and the hurricane winds. And he texted me last night. It was late at night. And he sends me a screenshot of the weather in Bradley County. And it says, there is a possible risk of severe weather today. Wind and tornadoes are possible, but the wind is the greatest threat. It's about, it's about to shape and shift this region. The wind, how many know when the wind comes, it changes the landscape? Amen. 
And that's what we are called to do. We are carriers of the wind. We are carriers of the anointing. And so if God's going to do what he's about to do and what he has shown me he is about to do, then we need to be prepared for what he's doing. Amen? So there's going to be a few things that I'm going to drop off. I'm going to get out your hair if that's the way God would have it. To whom much is given, much is required. And so if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. When you carry the anointing, it is your responsibility to know where you're called and be obedient to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Notice what I said there. I said be obedient to the Holy Spirit. I didn't say be obedient to the leading of your spirit. Too many times I've seen people get themselves into trouble because they want to do something so bad that the desire that they have for the thing they want to do overshadows the desire that God has for them. The anointing is messy. The anointing is messy. When, when God anoints his people to do something, oftentimes he'll send you in places or not let you go places that you would desire to go. I've seen so many people say, oh, God wants me to, I, I, I got to go do this for the kingdom. I want to go do this. God has appointed me and anointed me, but I haven't gotten a green light yet. I've, I've heard people say, I'm going to kick the door down. I'm going to kick the door. The enemy, all of a sudden we start blaming the enemy. Look at the text. It's not the enemy. The Holy Spirit forbid them from going someplace. Actually, twice in just a few verses. We have to identify the voice of the Holy Spirit, his leading, and be obedient in it if we want to carry the anointing. See, we want the anointing, but we want to do what we want to do. He's not going to let you do what you want to do with the anointing. It's his anointing. It's his oil. He pours it where he wants to pour it. And if he knows you're going to be disobedient with it, He's not going to pour it out in vain. So the first thing is we have to recognize where we're called to, what platform we're called to. What, when I say platform, I don't mean platform. I mean what, what avenue is God going to place us in to use us the way he wants us to be used? And let me say this. It starts in small steps. It's the obedience in the small thing. It's to do what nobody wants to do when nobody's looking before you will ever do what everybody wants to do when everybody is watching. Uh, I'm, we are in a, an epidemic right now. We, ha we have this epidemic on hand. It's the microwave epidemic. It's I want it now, my way, the Burger King generation. It's if I, I want to I throw it in the microwave and have it now. See, it's not a, the, the anointing don't come by microwave. It's marinade. It don't come by the microwave. How many know when you microwave something, it'll get the job done. It'll, it'll fill you up a little bit, but it don't taste as good as something that's been marinated going down. Amen? How many people have done marinated a steak in some Dales, right? You know what it tastes like after a few hours of being set up in some Dales and thrown on the, the pellet grill or with a pellet smoke. You know it's, it tastes a whole lot different than that beef and bean burrito you got at the Walmart and you threw it in the microwave for 60 seconds. You bite into that joker and half of it's freezing and the other half just like tastes like lava in your mouth, right? 
right? No, you, the, the anointing comes by marinating. You got to marinate in his presence. You got to sit and wait in the presence of the Lord. You got you to gotta hear the voice of the Father. You got to know what he wants from you. You got to spend time with him because it's like sweet gems. It's like diamonds. The value of the anointing, the value of the oil is costly. And he ain't going to just give it away for 30 seconds in the microwave, somebody. It's a lifetime. And you need to be obedient to where he's calling you because if you want to pour out that kind of oil, if you want to carry that kind of oil, then you need to be obedient because oftentimes he's not going to send you where you want to go until you go where he, you don't want to wind up. I'm telling you this is just a, it's a word because I believe what God is about to pour out. The chain breakers in the room and before we walk out of here, he's going to break some chains, but he is pouring out his oil for those who have a yes in their spirit. Whatever it takes, God, whatever the sacrifice. You see, we get it mixed up. We get it mixed up. We think that Jesus went to Calvary so that we don't have to. Our Calvary just looks different. But sacrifice is necessary. Sacrifice is necessary. It may not be a cross on Calvary, but how many know that there's going to have to be some self-death? You're going to have to die to self to carry the oil to set the people free. I've seen it too many times where people aren't permitted to go where they want to go. I'm called to plant a church at the beach. Uh, you and about two million others. I'm called to go plant a church in Maui. I bet you are. I bet you are, but have you been to the jail to preach? Have you, have you kept your nose to the grind in the book? Have you, you got your, Pastor Kevin says it all the time, he said, you, you got your face in the book or you got your face on Facebook? Are you investing what's necessary to get where you feel called to? I've seen people start fasting trying to move mountains when when that ain't what you're trying like you God's standing in your way God has that door shut on purpose and let me say this he aren't even in my notes I, Mason will tell you I got like six things written down here this is coming from my spirit it's like six things in a squiggly line but I'm telling you there's something to this because I, I'm telling you what he is about to pour out. It is necessary for us to understand how to steward it. It's going to be so great that if you're not careful, that's why oftentimes we pray and fast for the mountain to move that's been standing in our way. But it's standing there because if he gave you the platform that your heart's desire was, you wouldn't know how to steward it anyways. You wouldn't know what to do with it. He'd say, here it is. And you would fail, you, you, you would fail with it because your character wasn't developed to carry what your desire is. And that's why timing, what I say about timing, his timing is important. It's not that he said no, he said not now. He didn't say no, he said not now. If you're taking notes, number two, understanding that we are vessels. And I'm not talking about Christ, just Christian. Everybody runs around like when you're a Christian, you I'm a vessel. I'm a vessel. I'm a ve everybody, I, I, all the, I'm a vessel used for, I'm, I'm a vessel of glory. I'm a vessel. No, everybody's vessels. All of humanity was created to be a vessel. What determines you being used by what you're used by or who you're used by is the contents that you give yourself over to. 
You want to be a vessel for the glory of God? Well, there's some things that we need to get under the blood. Let me say this, too, because we start talking about this, and then we get this, uh, this, this mindset, we get this thing in our heads that we have to be perfect. No, you don't have to be perfect. You have to be anointed. There's a difference. There is a difference. Anointed and perfect are two different things. We are human, and there is God's grace. And I would lie to you today if I stood here and told you that I am perfect. I am far from perfect. Ask Crystal. She'll tell you. But what, I, what, 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 what causes you to walk differently is the anointing. What causes the breaking of the yoke is the anointing. The anointing. It is only the anointing that breaks the yoke. And what determines that is are you willing? Am I a willing vessel to be used by God? Amen? We are all created to be vessels. And understanding this is key to be being used to break yokes. You have to understand this about being a vessel. Okay, so uh, let me, I wish I had uh, a way to, uh, I didn't think about it until just now. I just pulled a Pastor Kevin moment. Um, he always, I've been, I was his assistant for 15 years, and he would think about it usually uh, what he needed for a sermon illustration, usually the morning of. I remember getting a casket at 9 o'clock on the morning on a Sunday for a sermon illustration he had to preach at 10. So I just pulled the Pastor Kevin. I wish I would have thought about this sooner. But the reality is, is that it is key to understanding how to, or uh, being used to break yokes is the understanding of a vessel. A vessel is two parts, right? You have the vessel and the contents. Turn over to me to chapter 16, verse 16. You see, Paul understood this about being a vessel because he saw the girl as a vessel. And he understood that all that it was was that she had the wrong contents. Too often I see people that see Christians, people, uh, religious people, relig uh, religion, uh, people see people that carry a spirit in them and they, they bind the two together. And then instead of dealing with the spirit, they now deal with the person who has the spirit. And they, they, they put a scarlet letter on the person with the spirit and then go around talking about that person. See, Paul didn't run around telling everybody for two months about this woman who had a spirit. He went and dealt with the spirit and within an, within an hour or within the hour, the spirit was gone. Amen? So in order for us to understand what, like, for God to pour out that anointing on us or in us, we need to recognize that, that there's a two-part thing there. And, and we have to have the character necessary for that type of environment. We need to have the character necessary to deal with the spirit and not the person. Because every personality or principality needs a personality to operate through. And you can't clump them together because Jesus died for that woman. You have to understand the idea of the vessel. Because I believe that the anointing that is in you or that you can get so full of the anointing, so full of the oil that the overflow of your life will pour out of you and into the lives of those around you, causing the contents in the lives of others that don't belong there to have to flee. 
I believe that you can get so full of the oil of heaven. You say, what is this oil? What is this oil? What is this oil? I'm glad you asked. I'm so glad you asked. You want to know what the oil is? You want to know what the oil anointing is? Uh, I want you to go ahead and turn. I'm going all over the place now. I'm, I don't even, we're, we're off notes and we're in some place. We're, we're in another land right now. In Luke 4, Jesus says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recover sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free. John says that Jesus had the anointing without measure. And Jesus said that it's important that he goes to be with the Father, that he may leave us with the Holy Spirit, the oil of heaven. Okay, The Bible says he had it without measure, and when he left here, he didn't take it with him. He distributed it to all of his people. Amen. So you are... If you are saved, if you believe, I'm not talking about just believing in Jesus. I'm saying that you, do you believe that Jesus is who he said? He is the son of God, the one, the miracle working son of God. Then you have a portion of that oil. That is the anointing. And so if Jesus, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, is in you, then you have a portion of that. And if you have a portion of that, then what does that mean? Does that mean I have a portion to get on a platform, to, to get out, break out a tent and start traveling the globe and making a name for myself? No, it says what? It says he sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recover sight for the blind, and to set the oppressed free. Because when you carry that, that becomes your mandate. It's not the platform, it's the prison. You see, I believe you can have so much of the anointing, so much of his presence, you can become so potent that the fires of hell can't burn you. You see, in order to have fire, you got to have fuel, right? Well, what fuels the lamp? Oil, right? The oil is the accelerant that fuels the fire. And you say, well, I don't, I don't know about that. Ask Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These dudes were so full of the oil that when they got up in the fire, they didn't burn, the oil did. They were so full of the fire or so full of the oil that they didn't come out smelling like smoke. I believe that you can be so full of the oil that hell cannot burn you. It actually makes hell question, what is happening here? What is happening here? Why are these people not burning? Why are these people not catching on fire? Why are they not set? Because they already are. They already are. They're just burning with holy fire. So I say all this because I'm telling you what I feel in this room. I tell you what I feel in this community. God is about to bestow a chain-breaking anointing on those in this room. Because there are people walking around in this community that have been bound for decades. And they don't know how to become free. They don't know how to be free. They don't know how to be free. And we have the answer. We have the answer. We have the oil. We have the key. And there is a season coming. And I believe that he is bestowing this oil upon us, this anointing upon this house and others in this season, in this county. Because this is going to be a county that is a blueprint for others. Other cities and other counties. You say, I don't believe you. Okay, well, you can watch. You can sit back and watch. 
but I want to be a part of exactly what God is doing in this season. I want to be smack in the middle of what God is doing. I want to be smack in the middle. Oh, I don't, I don't, I'm not walking this walk just because. I'm not doing this just because. I'm not walking saved, sanct- I'm not doing this just because. I'm doing this because it's a lifeline to others. I want to lead others to freedom. I want to say this because I want to tell you this, and I don't want you to say, Chris, you didn't tell me. You see, what happens is, is when you do get so full of the oil and people start coming in contact with you and they start getting delivered, there's going to be people who get upset about it. People get upset about people getting delivered. And, I've, I've, and it's okay. It's okay. I just don't want you to say, hey, I didn't tell you. Because it's going to be, when you walk past somebody in the Walmart and they start shouting because there was pain in there. I'm telling you, think, oh, that's not, that, that's crazy. Oh, oh, t- oh, okay, Peter Shadow didn't heal somebody. I'm, I'm t- I, I mean, if it's in the book, how many believe this book? I'm not ripping pages out. I'm not, I believe the whole book. I believe the whole book. Who believes the whole book? I'm not tearing pages out of this book. I, believe, I, I know it to be truth. That's where we're going. I believe that there is going to be a mass awakening. I believe that eyes are going to open and that the revelation of Jesus Christ is going to be seen through humanity. When Jesus said, I do these miracles and you're going to do these and greater, we have not seen that yet, but we are stepping into it, baby. We are stepping into it. People are going to get upset. It is, it's okay. There's only two types of people that I've learned that get upset about people getting delivered. And it's sinners that have, they can't stand the conviction that, that they feel when they see people getting delivered from the bondage of sin. And also those who they can't make profit from any longer. When we used to be down at, I'm, I'm almost, I'm going to be wrapping up in just a minute. When we were down at 4th Avenue campus, 4th Avenue Chattanooga, right down past the projects in, on 4th Avenue. Little, little bitty church down there. Sat about 250, like a, in a, like a can of sardines. And we would have church in Udawa and we would drive down to, to 4th Avenue. And we would have church down there at 2 o'clock and we would have church from 2 to 5. We would shout. Oh, how many know them little tables that say, do this in remembrance? Them little ta- I mean, Pastor Kevin would get up on stand on that and jump and shout all over to take communion table. I mean, we would have church, people running up like, I'm talking like it was so small they run into each other. Like, like you would be like, oh, they got slain. No, they just colli- they collided. They did not get slain. They just collided. He's knocked out. Go, somebody go pray for him. Check his pulse. But, but we used to go down there, and across the street from this church was a dope house. And one day, the, these dudes come over from the church or from the house, and they start having church with us. Security's all like, breaker, breaker, one-liner. We got ourselves a situation. We got some people coming over. I'm like, well, let it be. Let it be. Let it be. And they come up in there, and these dudes got saved, weeping. And I mean, running down the center. I thought, I mean, security was like, they was going to go after dude because, I mean, he was running Pastor Kevin's preaching. Dude comes down and slams his face into the altar and just starts weeping and gets saved that day. Amen. Come on, somebody. Give God glory for that. Woo. And you see, 
he went back to that dope because he was a he 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 was a pusher. He 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 was a, a mule for that dope dealer down there in Chattanooga. And what happened was when dude got saved, Pastor Kevin was preaching a sermon on freedom, and he said, "You're free. You're free." Well, when he went back and told that dope dealer that he that dope dealer didn't like that at all. He said, "He said, I'm not I'm not selling dope for you no more. I'm free now. That preacher across the street tell me I'm free. I'm free." He goes, "You ain't free. Who told you you're free? That preacher across the street told me I'm free, and I feel free." And so the guy said, I'm done with this mess. I'm out. This is a true story before the Lord. That Monday morning, the dope dealer walked across the street with a couple of his cronies, and he had a gun on his side. And he said, I want to speak to that preacher. I want to talk to that man. Tell him, who does he think? I own this neighborhood. Who does he think he is telling my people that they are free? Pastor Kevin gets a call from the deacon of the church at that time. And he said, Deacon, there's a man, or Pastor, there's a man down here that says he's going to come back and see you. And he had a gun on his hip, and he wasn't too happy. And he said, Pastor Kevin, all week long we was praying. We went into intercession. He called me. He's like, hey, bro, you're going to have to pray and get the Glock because uh, either we're going to pray this through or we're going to go out in a, a blazing glory, right? And, uh, and I said, so, so we prayed all week. We fasted all week. This is the truth. I promise you this is the truth before the Lord. We, we, we go back down there Sunday after Udawa, we're driving down there, and we're like, oh, Tapa. We're, we're, we're in a, I mean, we are praying. I'm like, oh, holy, I'm doing everything. I'm like, I'm not even Catholic. I'm doing whatever I can. I'm like, I ain't dying today. I am not dying today. I got a, how many got a future? I'm not dying today, right? So we get down there, and we pull up in this caution tape all the way around where that house was. Was was. This is crazy, y'all. Was. Well, apparently they had been cooking meth in that house, and the, I guess there had been an investigation for some time, and when the cops busted through the door, not only did they arrest the dude who was selling the dope and running all the drugs and, and pushing everybody around and saying, you're not free, not only did they arrest him, but they, because they were cooking meth in the house, they wadded the house up and threw it in a dumpster. When God does a thing, he's going to do a thing. And that's what the anointing does. That's what the anointing does. You, what does it say? Touch not thine anointed. People going to get mad at you. But I'm, and there are two people, like I said, sinners and religious people. You're going to have people who are filled with the devil that are going to get messed up with you because you're setting people free because the God in you is setting people free and religious people. You know why? Because when God does a thing, he don't pick who they think he should pick. Talk to me. Somebody talk. I, I, hey, I'm, it's, 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 it's Bible. It's Bible. It's Bible. Talk to me, fishermen and tax collectors. Talk to me, donkey. I mean, come on, you know. I'm just saying, I mean, he don't pick. The reason why they get mad is because he skipped over them because they thought that they should have it, and he didn't. And instead, they picked the Davids. They pick, bring me your sons, Jesse, bring me your sons. Where are they all? Well, this is them. No, it ain't. There's one more. I almost made a mistake because of what I was looking at. See, see, the prophet was almost religious. He said, Where, there's another one. Where, oh, it's that crazy boy out in the field on a rock clapping his hands till they're red. It's that kid out there. Yeah, bring him here. Bring him here because he's the next. See, I'm telling you, God is going to use people in this season. It's a Davidic season. 
It's a season of David. It's a season of Davids that are going to be called to cast the stone to the giant's head. I'm telling you, this giant is coming down. The giant is coming down. Oh, I feel that thing right now. The giant, I feel it pushing back. Somebody right now, the giant is coming down. Father, have your way, have your way, have your way in this land. Have your way in this community. Have your way in this region. Have your way. It is time you have your way. I'm telling you, he has been looking for a people who will let him have his way. Lastly, the anointing is not for you. You are not anointed for you. You are anointed, like I said back in Luke chapter 4. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recover the sight for the blind and to set the oppressed free. The problem is is that everybody wants to cast the spirit of divination out when everybody's looking, but nobody wants the sentence that positions you to set the prisoners free. There's somebody in the room that feels like you're in a sentence. It's a cycle. It's not a sentence. You're anointed to be where you're at. You better be careful how you steward these moments that we call sentences. You see, they didn't didn't do anything wrong. Paul and Silas literally didn't do anything wrong. They set the captive free. They set a woman who had a spirit free from that spirit. And they wound up flogged and in prison. There's somebody in this room that you didn't do anything to wind up where you're at. You You didn't do anything negative to wind up where you're at. You better be careful how you position yourself in this season. Because if you read the scriptures, it says what? But at midnight, and I, th- I love that because it doesn't get any darker at midnight. 12.01, the sun starts coming up. That's the darkest hour, 12 midnight. It does not get any darker than that. And when you are in your darkest season, it says that they were praying and singing hymns to God. Let me just park it right there real quick. It didn't say they started. It said they were. It didn't say they started at midnight. It said they were. It was what? At midnight and Silas and Paul were praying and singing hymns to God. They didn't wait till it got to their darkest point before they started praising. Oftentimes we wait till it gets dark before we start to praise him and worship and and, and pray and fast. Um, When it's a lifestyle. When it's your lifestyle. It doesn't take anything to get you, how many, we get that little prayer wheel turning, right, right? How many remember that song? But when it's turning all the time, what did Paul say? I pray without ceasing, right? I don't, I don't wait till things get bad before I start praying and praising. Let it be a part of your life. Let it be when you wake up in the morning. You just start praising him. Father, I thank you for my day. I thank you that you sent your son to die on the cross. I thank you, Father, for the accident that you spared me from. The thing I should have died doing, you spared me from. The thing I don't even know, I don't even know about the 
thing you just you wake up and you start praising him. You go to bed. Before you go to bed, you start praising him. You, Lord, thank you for my day. Thank you for tomorrow that hasn't even come yet. Thank you, God, for who you are and what you've done. I know today may have been these they're in prison. Thank you, Father. Singing hymns. Oh, you're worthy, 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 worthy is the Lamb of God who was slain. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Many would just sit there and wallow in their mire, but they're over there worshiping. And you say, well, what's so important about this, Chris? What's this? Well, why are you telling me I better be careful how I assess my season? Oh, that I feel like it's a sentence because there's people watching. There's people watching. You aren't in your mess. You're not oftentimes in your mess because of you or for you. What does it say? The anointing is what? To set the captive, to set the prisoner free, right? Well, you got to be in prison before you can set the prisoner free, right? They, where, they, where they, they gonna, you're going to go ahead and tap in on Wi-Fi to them, and they're going to watch you from your cush pad worship. Yeah, it's real easy to worship there, but when you're in a mess and there's people watching, you start lifting up a praise and a word. And what happened? What happened when they were praising? What happened at midnight when they were worshiping? Others were listening, and what took place? The doors opened. Fetters were loosed. Fetters were loosed because your worship will end a cycle. Your worship will bring forth the anointing that sets the captive free stand with me somebody come help me on the keys we're gonna God's gonna do two things in this tonight he's gonna break the chains off of somebody's life and he's gonna bestow an anointing in this room on those that are in this room to that are, to break chains off of others lives there's somebody in this room right now the sentence that you have uh, uh, that you 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 resigned yourself to you you say well this is my sentence no it was a setup it was a setup. It was a setup. You know, the prisoners, they saw the fetters loosed. They saw the doors open. I think it's hilarious that none of them ran out. But sometimes you're not even in that situation. For the prisoner. Sometimes you're not even there for those who are in prison, which I do believe that it was important for them to see. I believe many prisoners were saved that day. How could you not be? How could you not be? But sometimes you might be in that situation you're in that you would be a light to the one that's keeping the prisoners imprisoned. What happened? He said, I'm going to kill myself. I'm going to kill myself. And he said, whoa, 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 we're all here. Don't go, don't go, don't do no harm to yourself. And when he heard this, they canceled the, the anointing canceled the assignment of suicide. And he said, bring me a light. Bring me a light. Bring me a light, because when doors open and chains are loosed, people are going to ask for the light. People are going to want to see the light that you carry. People are going to want to see, and it's an illumination. Remember that old song? Uh, what is this? Uh, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. I'm not going to put it on a bushel, bushel basket, no, right? I'm going to let it shine. People are going to ask for the light. When they start seeing miracles take place, signs and wonders taking place, they're going to want to see the light that you carry. They're going to want to see the anointing on your life because how many know the anointing is contagious? 
Father, right now, I just want you to lift your hands. Father, right now, I release this word in this house because I believe you have called those in this room to be chain breakers. I believe that there are chains that people have even been walking with that are in this room that are going to be broken tonight. There is a shift coming to this region. I, I feel it. There's a shift coming in this region. There's a, an anointing coming. A wind is about to blow. The Ruach of God is blowing in this season. And I believe that the multitudes are going to witness. They're going to witness the hand of the Lord sweeping through this region. I believe that complacency, people are going to be yoked out of their complacency. The fetters of complacency are being loosened in this region. I believe this thing. I'm telling you, that's, that's, that's what happens when you think you've seen it all. When you're, it's, it's actually easier to go and, and to break yokes of addiction in a city that's never heard about Jesus than to break yokes of addiction that are in a city that, that have been inundated, the belt buckle of the, or the, the belt buckle of the Bible belt. God is going to break that off of the mindsets of, of this community. People are going to be able to witness because of you in this room. I'm telling you, you might think I'm crazy. Just wait and see. Just wait and see. Watch this is what I keep hearing the Lord say. Watch this. Watch this, says the Lord. Watch this this, says the Lord. I, I'm, you're, you're discounting yourselves. There's somebody in this room that has discounted. I can't walk in that. I, I can't walk in that. I can't do this. I'm not that person. I'm not, I'm not that. I, I got this problem. I got this in my past. I got that in my past. I got this. I'm telling you right now, that's what set you up. You are more than an overcomer. That is what produced the anointing in your life. So right now, lift your hands. Lift your hands. Lift your hands. Father, right now, if there's somebody in this room under the sound of my voice that is dealing with chains, they have been walking with chains, they have been walking with chains, that they have been fettered, they have been fettered to, to shame, they have been fettered with shame, I just declare and decree right now those chains be broken. They're being broken right now. You are being empowered by the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to open up this altar right now. I'm going to open up this altar because there's somebody that God is going to touch tonight. There's somebody that God is going to touch tonight and the chains are going to fall at the touch. If that is you, if that is you, when I count to three, do not wait another day. You are a big part of what God is doing in this house. You are a major part. I'm speaking to somebody right now. You are a major part of what God is doing through this house. One, don't wait another day. Do not wait another day. The chain of the voice of the enemy telling you it's you're never going to be that. You are not, I'm I stand, I'm telling you, I stand here today and I'm telling you, it is you and you will do that thing that God has called you to. You will carry the anointing. Two. The voice of the enemy will not be louder than the voice of heaven in your life. You will walk. You 
will walk in the anointing that I'm telling you what I see. You will walk in the anointing of heaven. The Holy Ghost is about to do a mighty work in your life. And you've tried to do it in the flesh. You have tried to do it on your own. But I'm telling you now, you're going to do it with the Holy Ghost. And it's going to be so much better. It's going to be so much sweeter. Three. If it's you, get down here because I'm telling you there are chains being broken. It is coming off of you tonight. Don't be ashamed. It's shame that keeps you in your seat. It's shame that keeps you out of your destiny with, with God. You are the David. You are the David. The prophet almost written off. You are the David. You are the David that's going to slay the giant. As they're praying down here, as they're praying down here, there's still somebody. There's still somebody. There's still somebody. You're wrestling within your heart right now. You're the enemy is trying to keep you in your seat. Now the rest of you in this room, I want you to lift your hands. You are chain breakers. There is a chain breakers anointing coming upon you. Lift your hands in a receiving position. It's happening tonight. God says, I'm not wasting my time. I'm not wasting my oil. It's for now. It is for now. It is for now. The wind is about to blow in your lives, and there is a horn of oil that is about to be poured out upon you. And you, when you walk into a room, it is going to shift the dynamic and the atmosphere of the room, and chains are going to fall, and you're going to begin to hear the reports coming back to you. I, I don't know what it was. I don't know what happened, but you said this thing, or you did this thing, and when I left that situation, when I left that conversation something changed it's the chain breaker he's taking the muzzle off of somebody's mouth right now ah, he's taking the muzzle off of somebody's mouth right now and you are going to testify of the goodness of the Lord in the season that you are in and there will be many witnesses and they will witness your worship and when they witness your worship it will set the captives free Can do it. Lift your hands. If 
If you believe he can do it, lift your hands. release this I have to release this your worship in this moment is going to be a testimony to somebody's parents that are in this room somebody's father has has been watching and your worship in this moment is going to be a testimony it's going to be a testimony and it's going to be the thing that looses the chains of your family and I see fetters falling off of someone's father right now Oh, somebody's father's coming home into the kingdom because of your worship. There's a shame in that. I'm telling you, there's a sh there's something about shame uh, in this community that God is going to break off. Uh, the shame the enemy tries to place upon his God's people, they're not going to walk under the shame and condemnation of that thing anymore. I'm telling you what I see. It was a public thing that the enemy tried to attack you with, but he's going to have to release you publicly, and he's going to send you forth into your destiny publicly. It's payback time, and it's going to be public. Father, I praise you for it. I thank you, Lord. Seal the word in the hearts of your people. Let it be that we walk in the fear, admonition, the anointing, and the grace for this season, Father. I thank you, Lord. Stir in us a fire, a fire in us. Stir in us a fire, Lord, and let the oil of heaven be the fuel. <laughs> 